Hey guys, it's Clay. Welcome back to another episode where I attempt to decode the world around me. That seems to be the theme of my channel slash podcast. And just in case you didn't know, you can watch us as a video on YouTube, obviously. But if you look in the description below, you'll find links to the podcast as well. And you can find that on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Overcast or most likely anywhere where you listen to podcasts. So recently I've been researching a few topics and I it's taken me longer than I thought. I wanted to make this video like a week ago. So I'm gonna to start today with something called rejection sensitive dysphoria. And I came upon this term and I was like, hmm, what's that? And I read the description of it and it sounded pretty familiar. Like this is something that I definitely struggle with. And as I looked into this further, I discovered that RSD, rejection sensitive dysphoria, is actually a pretty big indicator of ADHD. And so I started looking into ADHD. There's three subtypes of ADHD. And then from there, I found this PhD, Dr. Barkley, and I discovered his research on something called SCT, which is called sluggish cognitive tempo, which is something that is related to ADHD. So I've been researching all these topics for the last few weeks, and I thought I would do sort of a video summarizing what I've discovered. And I think I've found out some really interesting things, specifically about myself. So if I find this interesting, maybe other people out there will get something out of this. So at the time of recording this, I'm not sure if I'm gonna chop this into multiple episodes yet. It depends how long it takes me to get through this. So the first thing I'm gonna talk about here is RSD, rejection sensitive dysphoria. So when I first stumbled upon RSD, I looked it up. It's actually not an official medical diagnosis. So things like ADHD, bipolar, borderline personality disorder, these types of things are things you can actually get diagnosed with and they're found in the DSM, which is basically this manual that outlines all the various disorders that you can have. So RSD is not listed in that. Um, RSD is not a disorder, it is a dysphoria. And what is a dysphoria? What does that word mean? Dysphoria means hard to bear. People with RSD don't handle rejection very well. And there's a whole bunch of things and symptoms and feelings that kind of surround this inability to handle rejection. So as I've read about this, it's been pretty eye-opening to me because it's obvious that I have this RSD. And as I go through it, I'm seeing some similarities to other things that I kind of counted as personality traits before. And now it has me thinking like, are some of these behaviors actually personality traits or are they actually part of an impairment of some kind? What's the difference between personality and impairment? And I'll talk a little bit more about that later. All right, so like I was saying, people with RSD are extra sensitive about rejection. And that means that they really care about what other people think about them. And if they kind of get the feeling like somebody is rejecting them or criticizing them, they can get quite upset, uh, get quite depressed, get quite anxious, can have these sort of overwhelming emotions sort of bubble to the surface. And along with this, they might actually start to imagine they're rejected or being criticized in situations that they're not actually being rejected or criticized. And then they might have these sort of emotional reactions to situations and it can leave people a little bit confused because people are like, well, I'm not rejecting you. I'm, you know, stop accusing me of criticizing you. I'm not actually criticizing you right here. 
So what's an example of that? Like, let's say you send a text message off and you kind of expect a response within a certain amount of time. And if you don't get that response, you start to feel like, oh, maybe this person doesn't like me. Maybe they're trying to ignore me. Maybe and, and these feelings of rejection can pop up simply because this person's busy with something else and they haven't got a chance to return your message yet. So to avoid these feelings of rejection and criticism, sometimes these people will go overboard to try to make people like them and accept them. And what does that sound like? That sounds like a people pleaser. And it also sounds sort of like a person who's a little codependent. So I've talked about those two things on this channel before, uh, people pleasing, codependency, what are those two things? And here, I've kind of stumbled upon yet another way to describe this same sort of problem, except this is almost, like you can find this on WebMD, rejection sensitive dysphoria. So in a way, this almost seems like a bit more of a, an official way to describe this issue, is what it seems like. So on the flip side, rather than trying to make people like them and trying to fit in, sometimes these people might withdraw entirely and almost sort of, you know, go a little bit recluse to avoid feelings of rejection, which sort of becomes like a self-fulfilling prophecy because now they're not around people and now they start to feel rejected anyway. So what are some of the signs that you might have RSD? Let's run through some of them here. So you might be easily embarrassed. Maybe even in situations where you shouldn't be embarrassed. And where does that come from? Maybe it sort of comes from a lack of self-confidence. You maybe you don't like yourself. You, you're, you criticize yourself. And that can even go further into like almost like a self-hatred or even further from that, self-harm type issues can come out of this and almost like thoughts of suicide and stuff like that. People with RSD might feel like the world is ending over what seem like small issues. And for myself, this can happen at night, I find. Like something happens, there's some issue, and it literally feels like the world is about to implode over this issue. Like, and I just, it feels overwhelming. And I think the key with RSD is that these emotional episodes, these feelings of hopelessness, they're sort of short-lived. And I really noticed that with myself, like late at night, all of a sudden I feel like the world's ending about some issue. But then I wake up in the morning and I'm like, why, why was I so worried about that? It's like my mind has figured it out and I've sort of moved on with some kind of a plan on how to solve that problem. And from what I have heard, people with borderline personality disorder also have a similar symptom as this. They, they turn small issues into big deals and or they feel rejected and criticized. However, with borderline personality disorder, I guess the difference is, is this persists. Whereas with RSD, it is usually short-lived. So generally, you know, if you're getting into a new relationship, a new friendship, you meet somebody new, you might feel like, oh, this person doesn't like me. You're looking for signs. You're trying very hard to like impress this person. Ironically, in this process, you might actually end up acting a little weird as you try to do all these things to impress them and make them like you. And then as the relationship matures, ideally those feelings should kind of drift away. And they might come back now and then, you know, these feelings of rejection, feelings of being criticized, but it's not a persistent thing. I guess with borderline personality disorder, the difference is people will feel this constantly. They could be in a, a long-term committed relationship where their partner has given them absolutely no reason to 
worry, essentially. And these people feel like their partner hates them. They're going to leave them at any second. So what are some other signs? Um, they set very high standards for themselves. This is something that I'm always doing. It's like these, you set up these expectations for yourself. You do some work, let's say, or you make something, create something, and then you're like, this is no good. This is garbage. Meanwhile, everybody else looks at it and they're like, that's amazing. But because it's not, you know, 100% perfect, um, you know, you, you almost like self-criticize it and hate it. And you know what's interesting about this is a lot of people almost use perfectionism as like a badge of honor. They're like, well, I'm a perfectionist and I have to do it right. And you know what? I don't think it's actually healthy to be a perfectionist. You can never be perfect. And you have to know when to let go of a project and do it as best as you can. You know, the amount of time it takes matters. If you can do something 95% of the way in a few hours, and then it takes 10 hours to get that last 5%, like leaving it at 95% is okay. And getting rid of perfectionism is something that I have struggled with immensely in my life. And so it's ironic that when I read the signs of this RSD, you know, high standards for yourself. Another way this can kind of come out is almost latching onto other people's expectations of you. you. You almost assume that this person has this expectation and now you have to meet it. I think this can happen, you know, between children and parents. I know I have this feeling like it's like, I know what they want to see, and so I do my best to give that to them. But, but the, the end result is though that maybe I made that up. Maybe I made up this standard. It wasn't even real. So, you know, there's perfectionism, which is like a self-standard, but then it's almost like you impose these standards onto other people, and then you assume that they're expecting things of you, so then you try to meet that. So another sign is perhaps problems with relationships. So all these problems that I've kind of outlined here will leak into your relationships. You know, if you're constantly accusing people of criticizing you, if you're constantly feeling rejected and you're withdrawing from relationships, you know, that's gonna affect your relationships. So I think all of these symptoms can kind of lead towards this feeling of failure. You've set up all these expectations of yourself. You're not meeting them, you feel like anyway. You're not meeting your own expectations. You're not meeting other people's expectations. And now you kind of slide into this state where you're like, I'm a failure, I'm useless, I'm never gonna to amount to anything. And that's where that sort of self-hatred and self-harm can kind of come out of that. So I should also say that just because you have these symptoms doesn't mean you have RSD. There are other disorders that have this problem. And I've heard that sometimes people with really intense RSD can kind of get lumped in to some other disorder that they don't even have. You know, things like bipolar, borderline personality disorder, uh, PTSD, you know, extreme anxiety and depression, or I've heard OCD as well. But I think the key, like I said before, is that RSD episodes are somewhat short. And I know that about myself now. Um, and it's, I find it just a little mind-boggling how accurate this is for me. I kind of know now when these things come on, all I have to do is wait, wait for it to pass. It will pass eventually. And then I start to feel better and it's almost like my brain will start to figure out solutions. I've also worked really hard on this whole rejection thing. 
um, you know, it still creeps up. I still think, oh, that person doesn't like me. It's almost like when I first meet people, I just assume they don't like me. And then over time, it, it's almost proven that they do, definitely do that. I don't think it's healthy. I think it's better to try to assume that people like you when you first meet them. You know, walk into a room thinking, I am a worthwhile person. These people like me. I have things to offer. And almost try to flip the script. Don't be like, oh, are they accepting me? Or do, do they like me? Try, what I've tried to do is look at it are, like, do I want to accept them? Are these people good enough for me? I'm good enough for me. I know I have things to offer. And I think just that one little thing has been a, a big mind shift for me. Um, over the years. So do I struggle with RSD? I would say I definitely do. I feel like my symptoms have gotten a little better over the last few years. So where does this come from? They suspect it's actually a little bit genetic, but it also can be caused through trauma apparently or some type of abuse or neglect when you're a child. So if you experience extreme neglect, it can kind of push you into this dysphoria. One of the really interesting things about this is that apparently it's very associated with ADHD. And so when I first discovered that, I was like, well, I don't have ADHD, so what's going on here? And as I pushed more into ADHD and realized that there's different types of ADHD and some that don't go diagnosed very much, I've sort of started to change my mind. And it's looking like there's a strong potential that I have what they call inattentive ADHD. So I'll go more into that in the next section. But one of the key traits of ADHD is that you're quite sensitive to the outside world. You know, sights, sounds, you're easily distracted. Um, you can become quite overwhelmed quite easy. And so RSD goes along with that. And you know, like what is RSD at its, its core? It's almost like an oversensitivity to your surroundings. So as I've gone through this and I've started to see the parallels between this RSD and people-pleasing, RSD and codependency, I've also sort of drawn a parallel to this other thing I've talked about on this channel. So extroverted feeling. Extroverted feeling is one of the cognitive functions and there's 16 personalities according to Myers-Briggs and that goes back to Carl Jung's research on cognitive functions. So the personality that I am, INFJ, is high in extroverted feeling. And I think there's certain traits in this RSD sort of definition that I have in the past attributed to extroverted feeling. Now that I've been reading this RSD, and I know that this isn't a personality specific thing, or is it? I feel a little confused about how this all fits in. Am I dealing with a personality trait when I am overly sensitive to somebody else's emotional state? Or am I actually dealing with a bit of a impairment in myself that I, I have this deep-seated self-consciousness so I'm oversensitive to what people think about me? And it's kind of funny because if it's a personality trait, it's sort of like, oh, it's just the way I am. But if it's an impairment, you know, maybe that's part of an actual disorder and it's, it's something that you might need to be, receive treatment for. So yeah, I, 
I'm a little, con to be honest, I, I, I think I wanted to have this all sorted out by the time I did the video, sort of how does this RSD relate to your personality? And I think at this point in time, I've just had to admit that I haven't got it all figured out yet. I don't really know the answer to that question. But as a little bit of a survey, I know two other INFJs in my life. So I'm an INFJ, um, my girlfriend's actually INFJ, and I have one other INFJ friend. These are people sort of in my real life. I have other INFJs that I know on the internet, but in my real life, there's three of us that I know. I decided to poll them on the symptoms for RSD, and all three of us have this quite strongly. So is that a coincidence? Do all INFJs have RSD or do unhealthy INFJs have RSD? But then I also know other personality types that also have this overly sensitive, overly critical of themselves, sort of, you know, turn little things into big deals. They, they feel rejected and hated. I have an INTJ friend and I read the description of this to him and same thing, he completely related with it. He's a musician, um, an ENFP that I know also very strongly relates with this. So I think what I'm, what, am I, what, what does this all mean, right? Things that I've associated with extroverted feeling maybe really have nothing to do with extroverted feeling. I mean, is extroverted feeling even a real thing? Are these personalities even a real thing? you know, is RSD a real thing? So as I dove more into ADHD and there's these three subtypes, I learned that a lot of this is actually quite contested within the psychology world. And there's certain researchers that are actually trying to sort of undo some of the diagnosis surrounding ADHD and create this other disorder called SCT, which I guess people don't really like the name of that and that might change to concentration deficit disorder. Anyway, like I said, I'm still trying to figure this stuff out, but I thought I would do this video kind of with what I've discovered so far. And if you guys have any comments on this, feel free to leave a comment. Um, is RSD something that you experience? Um, is it something that you feel like is personality traits or is it more like an impairment that's layered on top of your personality? So I think what I'm gonna do is actually split this into a, two or three different episodes. And so in the next episode, I'm gonna go more into ADHD, inattentive ADHD, hyperactive ADHD, this RSD, why is it an indicator for ADHD? So if you're interested in that, uh, keep your eyes open for that video. If at the time of watching this video, I have already posted the next video, I'll put a link to that in the description. Or if you're listening on a podcast, you can just check the next podcast to see if I have posted that yet. Anyway, guys, thanks for listening. I hope you have a great day. Bye.